Hi, and thank you for joining me for another Honey Child podcast episode. I'm your host, Lady T, and today we're just going to get right on into it. Listen, um, we've been fasting and praying at my church, and we've been uh, touching and agreeing and believing God on the onset of the fast that we were going to experience God like never before. We were so excited about, um, you know, what God was going to do, miracles, signs, and wonders, and just confessing. Amen. According to the word of God, what we believed that we will walk into during these 21 days of fasting. And listen, this is actually the last day. And if I can just share with you real briefly what the Lord has shown me, what he has spoken to me and um, the things that he's doing in me. And I pray that it will bless and encourage you as well. Um, You know, Again, at the onset of the fast, we're looking for God to do these miraculous things. Come on. He's the God that parted the Red Sea. He made highways out of seas, right? Uh, this graves, he turned graves into gardens. And so he's the only one that can do those things. And we testify and we celebrate and we give God high praise for all the things that he, we know he can do. I mean, the miraculous and the impossible. Can I tell you something? One of the most miraculous and impossible things God can do is deal with us as human beings, deal with us as individuals, deal with us as people deal with us as Christians. Yes, yes, yes. And so um, on this last day, the Lord was showing me in scripture, Exodus 23, very, very familiar passage of scripture. I mean, it seemed real simple. Sometimes we're looking for the deep things of God and it's right plain in your view. Isn't that something you ever heard of hiding in plain sight? So, you know, um, we experienced God's moving and his power and just showing up in the lives of the people. They've been testifying all the goodness of the Lord. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But I know for myself, one of the most profound things, excuse me, I'm trying to multitask here, um, that I walked away with. And most of us, I could say, um, was a consensus was God showing me me. Listen, that is a miracle in of itself because we put blinders on and we uh, believe our own press and believe our own hype. And we really oftentimes deceive ourselves because we really think we are more than what we are. Whatever that more is to you, we think we are more than what we are. Yep, we do. And then God shows us this time of fasting and praying wasn't necessarily about God as much as it was about us. We know that in our mind. But when you start walking it out and you start turning down your plate and you start getting in the face of God and reading his scriptures, reading the word and meditating on it more than usual, right? That's what fasting is. It's it's denying your flesh the pleasures. Food is just one of them. That's something you abstain from the things that you like to eat, breads, meats, sugars, caffeine, sodas, and things of that nature. And so your body has become so accustomed to those things that when you're denying yourself of it, you really are uh, shutting down the appetites of the flesh. And once you shut down one appetite, then guess what? The other one turns up, right? And so while the other one turns up, you realize that fasting is not just uh, from food, but you realize you have to fast from other things. And so you take that time that you would usually use for TV, for social media, for hanging out, and you give that time to God. And so during giving my time to God, God really showed me in Exodus 20 and 3, the first one of the Ten Commandments, thou shall have no other gods, lower G, before me. 
And off the rip, you know, you think, well, what gods do I have before me? You know, he's talking to the children of Israel after he bought them out, um, bringing them out of, of Egypt. And he's creating a covenant with them. And he's um, calling them to be his people. And he be their God in the midst of all these pagan uh, nations. And he's telling them off the rip. Point one, you shall have no other gods before me. And in reading that, I know the history and the backdrop. So I'm like, yeah, you know, the Egyptians worship the sun god, the moon god, the god of the cow, the god of the fish, whatever cow they, I mean, whatever god they can think of, they made, they worship, they celebrated and bowed down to, right? They were paganistic. And so that was what it was. And I'm like, well, how does this relate to me? God's like, you shall have no other gods before me. And I'm like, what gods? What gods do I have before you? And he just started revealing to me the gods, the lowercase g. Gods, that all that means is rulers. God knew that there would be people, there would be things on this earth that are gods, right? Um, rulers. And there's even portion of scripture, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, where God says you are gods, okay? But more importantly than that, more importantly than that, he's saying you should have no other gods before me. And that's just not, I mean, he done brought them out of Egypt, but I'm no doubt Egypt was still in them. But he was taking them to a new land that they have never seen before. And no doubt in that new land, there would be other gods. And God starts sharing and exposing to me, listen, the gods of this world, what are the gods of this world? Your belly. Right. Not just food, but your appetites, your desires. You've made recreation a God, sports a God. You made yourself a God because whatever you want, whatever's ruling you, you've made a God. And if you ruling you, you've made yourself a God. Come on, somebody. If work is your ruler, you've made it a God. If sex is your ruler, you've made it a God. If drinking's your ruler, it's your God. If getting high is your ruler, it's your God. Pride. If you so lifted up and you think that, you know, you're more than what you are all the time and you don't want to submit to anything or anybody else, you've made that your God. And so, guys, I will have no other gods before. And some scripture says besides me. What does that mean? I the only God, uppercase G, I am the ultimate, supreme, invincible, immortal, the only wise God who will be glory, honor, majesty and dominion both now and forever. What does that mean? God is saying, listen, where were any of the other gods? Where was Pilate, the God of politics, the God of greed, the God of lust? Where were all these gods and these graven images and the deities when I created the sun, moon and the stars and I put them in place and commanded them to be still? Where were these other gods that try to get all my glory and people bow down and worship? Where was these things when I created and I spoke out of every breath of my mouth and said that let there be? Where were they when I separated the earth, amen, from the firmament and I separated the heavens from the earth and I separated the waters, amen, from the land. Where were these other gods? Listen, I don't need them and they never can hold a light to me. And before they existed, I swore by my own self because there was nobody else that could give me counsel. So I am the only God. So I've brought you up out of Egypt. I've brought you up out of bondage. I brought you out of oppression. I've brought you out of being subjugated. I brought you up out of it. And so while you going on your journey, you finding this new life, don't you dare bow down to anything else. I don't care what it's ruling. I don't care how much authority and power it looks like it may have. Can I tell you, I am your God. And then I got shook and then I got humbled and I began to say, oh my God, Lord. Then you bow down in God's total, complete majesty and you go, Father, what is man that thou mindful of him or the son of man that you would visit him? You made us a little lower than the angels. What is man? We are wretched. We are filthy. We are disobedient. We're honorary. Come on. 
We're lifted up. What is man that you are even mindful of us? Who are we that we are on your mind all the time? What is man? What is flesh? What are we that you are so mindful and that you would even visit us? Who are we? What creation have you made in the person of man that you've given their all, us our own will and we don't choose you all the time and that we turn our back on you after we said we wouldn't do it again and after we cried and lifted our hands and said, I'll worship thee, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'll forever give you praise. I'll forever give you glory. And no sooner than we lift our hands down, our mind is wandering into something filthy and something detestable. What is man that thou are mindful of him? Then you start realizing, oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. He loves me with an everlasting love. He loves me with a love that can't even be explained. He loves me so much that no other creature on this earth that he's made, that he breathed the breath of life into, and they became a living soul except man. So what are, what are, who are we that you're mindful of us? And so because he made us a living soul and because he breathed his breath, come on, he breathed his breath of life into us. We were quickened and we became a living soul, not until he breathed into us that we became alive and he decided he wanted to have fellowship with us. So he's saying, I created you. I gave you life. I want a relationship with you. So when you get into this new place, when you experience these new levels, these levels of success, this level of freedom, this level of, um, you know, just peace and bliss, when you experience these things, understand when you get to the other side, you're going to have to go through some dangers, some toils, some enemies. You're going to have to go through some things that you never thought you could see before. While you're going through, before you go through, I just want to let you know, you don't have no other gods before me because you're going to get tempted in life while you're journeying in this walk called Christendom. You're going to be tempted when you get discouraged and when you get low and you get hurt and you get uh, wounded. You're going to be tempted to go back to the familiar. You're going to be tempted to go back and worship at the altar of those false gods that he brought you up out of. Yes, you will. When you become a new creature in Christ, those memories, those habits and behaviors are automatically changed. And so when you hit the brick wall, you want to revert back to those gods, those devices, those things that ruin you because you know how they rule so you understand even though they may be bad rulers and they may be oppressive there's a payoff that you get and so I'd rather go with what I know than go what I don't know can I tell you you shall have no other gods before me none beside me because you know we did this this new age this new time we try to mix gods I'm a Christian on Sunday but I practice pseudo Buddhism on Wednesday not on Tuesday, because that's Bible study, but Monday and Wednesday, you could find me doing a little new age, burning sage in my house, getting spirits out. But I love the Lord and I accept him as Lord. And say, I don't want no other God beside me. You can't worship me. Lift your hands and then beside me. How dare you worship another ruler? God saying, no, no other gods before me and none beside me. And I had to do a self inventory and go, wow, what is it? What has been ruling me? My thoughts and my emotions. What has been ruling me? What has been governing me? And I tell you, it's humbling. And it's also very transforming because you realize 
You don't love God like you say you do. <laughs> let me tell you, you, you don't. No, no, no. We don't. We, let me just say we don't. We don't. I'm Because I don't want to think I'm talking about them and not excluding myself. We don't love God like we say we do. No. Because there's gods that we've allowed to rule us at different points and times of our life. And so this fast has been very exposing. I was sharing earlier, it has been an expose. And unlike the world, when God does an expose on us, he doesn't reveal things to us and expose us to anybody but ourselves. When you're not talking about, you know, after warning you over and over about, you know, because warning comes before destruction. I'm not talking about God sending words and speaking to you through Holy Spirit, a preacher, his word and others to confirm and be witness to what he's told you to come up out of. I'm just talking about getting a closer walk with Jesus. He started exposing you to you. And you're like, this is scandalous. It, it's, 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 you be like, this is just scandalous. Didn't know I was like this. Didn't know all this was up in me. So God does an expose. He goes fishing. And he starts pulling up out of things up out of us that have been in the deep recesses of our heart, our mind, and our soul. He just starts pulling them up out of it. And he pulls it up. You know, you ever seen somebody go fishing and they, whoo, I'm really in something big. And you think it's a big fish and it'd be some big old tire. Yup, that was there too. Some old garbage that somebody just dumped in you that you've been weighing you down. And so it's just been an expose, exposing me to me. You know, you look in the mirror, but you don't, you, you see what you see, but you're not really exposed. But when you get quiet and you get still and you really turn down your plate and say, I got, I want more of you and less of me. And you really start letting that word read you because we read it, but we don't let the word read us. <laughs> That's a preach right there. But when you let the word start reading you. And I don't mean reading in a shady way, but I mean, when you really let the word read you. Humbling experience altogether. And so I just want to encourage those of you that are listening, that think it's even applicable to you. Make this year time of fasting like never before, because we've really gotten away from fasting and praying. And we've really gotten away from building altars and, and, and staying at the altar and allowing ourselves to be sacrifices. We've really gotten away from the fundamental things that um, helped us as believers and strengthened us as believers and carried us as believers. So let's go back to the old landmark. He can't abandon everything because it's those things like fasting and praying, staying in the word of God, scripture shower, and time of devotion that anchored us in God. Didn't say we were perfect, but we were anchored. And though things came, we remain anchored. Faith being tried and tested, but we were anchored. Tribulations come anchored, death, but we were anchored. Come on. Afflicted, but anchored. Disappointed, but anchored. So God wants to anchor us because there's things, something that's coming that we thought COVID was something. Can I tell you there's something coming that's greater that if you're not anchored and tethered to God, if you're not anchored in Christ Jesus and if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, you don't know his word and you have not made, amen, room for him. 
you're going to be fearful and you're going to run and seek refuge in the wrong place. And you're going to think that God has forsaken and forgotten you. But can I tell you, he has not. He's left 66 books for us to tell us how much he loves us, how much we're redeemed, how much of a way he's made for us. So be not dismayed. Whatever be tied. God will take care of you. God blessed me this afternoon and he began to just uh, allow this song to minister to uh, me and others. And he started talking about the high place to him. God will bring down the high places, those high places that have been erected, those those groves, those images. You know, because we don't want to see, you know, we have we have secret things. You don't, we don't, you know, have anything. You won't go in somebody's house and find a statue that they're bowing to engraving images, but we have them. We, oh, we have, oh, we have them. You look deep enough and long enough. You start seeing the, the idolatry. I had to really repent before the Lord and say, God, forgive me for the abomination. I had to repent that we've been worshiping at these altars. And saints don't realize it. See, we think we get saved. We love the Lord, learn the word, fast them, you know, not even fast. We don't fast like we should just, you know, say a prayer and we're good. But no, there's more. There's more. There's some things in us that we've held on to and that have latched on to us. And we have not taken the time nor the effort to really deal with them. And, and most of the times and scenarios, they've been dealing with us, but we still continue to ignore them. But what about God? He loves us so much and he's so concerned about all of us that he will take time for you. He'll wait for you. And so know that in these perilous times, God is still on the throne. He's still in control. He's not intimidated. He's not moved. He's not worried or anxious. He's just waiting for us to acknowledge him as our God, as the only God. Till next time, beloveds, be well.